This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, who wishes his mother had let him name himself when he turned seven, Ryan Nelson. Justin, uh, I saw some sprinkles of my sweet Nate. Bring him home. That's right. We saw, sweet Nate is out there. We saw a little bit of him in this. We'll see if we actually get all of him back before the end of this season and before the end of this show. By the time we get to the season finale. But we'll have to wait and Bring see. Bring him that. home. Uh, if you've been listening to podcasts as we started the podcast last year, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the fourth episode of the third season of Ted Lasso titled Big Week. If you are new or a regular and like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, $10, or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you want ad-free access to the podcast, any level of being a Patreon supporter will get you the show ad-free. If you can't be a patron, though, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, you can write us a review while you're there on Apple Podcasts. And just real quick, we are really pushing this hard right now. Uh, We would love to be uh, certified by Rotten Tomatoes by the time that we get to our two-year anniversary. And the way one of the things that we have to do to get there, we've got to have at least 200 ratings on Apple uh, with a four-star average. Uh, So any five stars you want to give us, we will be more than happy to take it you don't even like i said you don't even have to do a review you just scroll down into your your podcast player if you listen to us on apple click the little five stars and that helps us out a whole bunch we got one new one this week so whoever that was that was doing us that favor uh we highly highly appreciate it so like i said if you would just do us that favor if you listen to our podcast on apple and also on spotify because it helps us there too but uh if you'll just scroll on down in your podcast player find little stars and click on those five stars that would help us out a whole lot uh, however, if you would like to interact with the show and send us an email, you can do so at mainattractionpod at gmail.com. You can always send us any email that you want to, and we would love to hear any thoughts, questions, concerns, comments that you have. We would love to answer all those and interact with you through your email. So, all right, this is the fourth episode of the third season, the, the final season of Ted Lasso. Uh, what do you think, real quick? I always like to let you start off with your general thoughts. What are your general thoughts on this one? I love this episode, man. I thought it was uh, uh, fantastic. It was um, trying to th- the best way to say it. Like we got some closure on some. Well, I shouldn't say that. We saw some growth from a lot of characters. Yeah, we did. And we saw sprinkles of things that I think could lead to something further down the road. Okay. But uh, I, I I thought that there was a lot going on. It was a very funny episode. Yeah, it was. there were. I wrote down several funny lines. Yeah, there were quite a uh, few. But uh, I, I really like this episode. Um, I'm interested in Ted, though. I just he seems to really be checking out of being this the the, the coach of uh, of yeah uh, he's he's got I don't know that he's checking out. He's just dealing with so much in terms of his personal life, and it's really affecting the way that he is handling the team. Uh, and yeah. I think that is where this is. I think that's where it's really kind of. I think that is what is kind of the deal for him. Uh, I like this episode too. I thought it was really good. I thought they did a good job of showing just how much, how much 
the past can hold you back and how much the things oh, that you're yeah. dealing with can really can really mess with you. Uh, I think that's kind of what this episode is kind of all about. Uh, real quick, just what what stood out to you the most? So a couple of things. Uh, the, the stuff with Nate, because like we saw that he still has, you know, all the fame. He's got power being the head coach. Uh, and he's still the same Nate. He walked yeah, he into that restaurant and was like nervous and right. and just being like anxious and then embarrassed himself in front of Jade again. And so like he hasn't changed, you know, that. Uh, and you would now, think, say, well, you would think, you know, with him being the coach of this team, because I'm pretty sure West Ham is an actual team. I don't, I don't think yeah, they're, they're making a team. Uh, with him being the coach of this team, it's one of the more, you know, one of the higher, one of the higher profile uh, one of the bigger spenders in terms of uh, uh, Premier League teams out there, you would think that it would give him the confidence, just the personal self-confidence mm-hmm. that would kind of carry into his personal life as well. But as confident as he is on the soccer field, he doesn't have that confidence in dealing with his personal relationships and dealing with the people that he's interacting with on a day-to-day basis. And I think that you're doing making a real good point there by pointing that out. Yeah, I thought th- I thought that really stood out. I also thought Re- Rebecca, this was such an interesting episode for her for her because she put so much effort o- on beating West Ham, and you know, and beating Rupert. And then at the end, I thought she kind of felt like, you know what, Ted's right. I did win. Yeah, it doesn't I, matter what the yeah. And I think a lot of that is she sees that. It's not necessarily guys. I think her the way her relationship ended with Rupert and the way he goes into he goes to another a younger woman. Uh, they have a kid mm-hmm. and all this type of stuff. I think she blames a lot of like that was she thinks that if she had been better, if she'd been prettier, attractive, more attractive, whatever, that right. she could have saved that. But when she sees Rupert with that with his assistant. He real, she realizes okay that's that it has nothing to do with me it's just Rupert's right. just an awful person and then yeah. it's also you know she realizes he's got to step it up and he's got to cut this crap out because he's got a child with this this right. woman and you, you can't yeah. be doing this when you when there's a, a child involved no but it didn't uh, stop him at one bit no it didn't uh but yeah i i really like this episode i thought it was i thought it was really good i thought it was really funny uh there are some we'll talk about the soccer stuff uh, a little bit later on because i do have some questions about this and this is and part yeah. of it is just i don't know premier league uh I, I don't watch premier league it's always in the middle of the day so oh, i like soccer i enjoy soccer quite a bit yeah uh, i even used to coach soccer about 13 years ago but it's like I said, I just don't I don't watch the Premier League, so I don't know how much of what we actually saw is something that actually happens, all this type of stuff. But uh, but one of the things I liked about this episode is, like I said, they are really dealing with, and it's weird that this show has become just a show kind of all about mental health uh, because that's what they deal with quite a bit on this show. I mean, and that's really what Ted has been dealing with since about the middle of the second season, I guess, and he's, he's still dealing with it yeah. to a, a great extent in, in this episode. You got to think Jason Sudeikis's real life has got to be mirrored. Yeah, you really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of feel that way as well. I feel like he's he is really they're bringing a lot of what he's dealing with at home in his own personal life. I think they're really kind of pulling mm-hmm. it into this as well. I think that's very much possibly. Uh, I think that's very much the case. Um, one of the things I like about what they are doing in in this episode is uh, 
they're like I said, we talked about this a second ago. They're talking. They're really bringing in just how much not letting go of the past, how much that can hurt mm-hmm. you. Uh, because it, it, this is called big week because it's it's big week because they are going up against Richmond's going up against West Ham. It's Ted versus. It's Ted versus Nate, which, you know, Nate, the reason why he even has his coaching career is because of Ted. But one of the things right. I, I like about it, and you, we've already talked about this a little bit, they are we're getting glimpses of Nate, the old Nate, in, in this episode mm-hmm. for the first time. We haven't really gotten those up until this point, but we're starting to get some glimpses of him. We're definitely getting some glimpses, but at the end, I was a little concerned that Rupert is maybe sending him more to the dark path. Yeah, because after that game, when he walks into that bar, which was the bar that uh, Coach Beard went to yeah. when he got in trouble, right? Uh, the the song "Sinister Kid" by the Black Keys was right. played. That had to be, you know, some kind of meaning. That, you know, oh he's yeah, walking I'm sure in. it is. Now, granted, he had a look. He didn't like what Rupert was doing with the assistant. No, he didn't. But uh, but you know, he's hooking him up with a. Famous, I guess she was a model actress. A model or something, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like, uh, and then also he's back to, Rupert is very interesting because like, he made him call him his by his last name, right. uh, Mr. So-and-so, and then at the end he's like, after he wins, he's like, oh, I'm Rupert. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of one of the things, that, it's just that sleazeball character that he is, you know. Yeah. He's, you know, and once you give him something, he's going to treat you He's going to give you something in return. Is he's going to be more friendly with you? So, look, he obviously wanted to win this match as much as anything else out out there, just because it is his old team that he used to own. It's against his ex wife, uh, and even as good as because West Ham was supposed to be undefeated coming into this game, even with all that going for him, you don't. He still doesn't give Nate his full one hundred percent approval until he goes out and beats Richmond like he does. Right. Uh, so that's like I said, that's. Kind of one of the things I will say this I thought it, the way they were portraying Rupert there at the beginning, I thought they were going to kind of make him like you know, he's not just a complete and tar- total scumbag because when he's because when he's talking with Nate at the at the beginning of the episode when they're getting ready for the for the week and he goes into Nate's office and just talks with him, he's not really a scumbag at that point, he's just kind of talking to him. He's he's basically telling yeah. him be a prophetic because Nate's he can tell Nate's kind of wound up about going into this game that he's not yeah. that he's worried about going meeting seeing ted again for the first time all this type of stuff and rupert is recognizing that and he's basically saying you know what you just be professional you, you go out there you, you shake his hand and that's you know and then you go out there and you beat him that's what you do and that's that's just being professional on the, on the football field which was a very different reaction that they were treating at the very beginning of this season where they were actually talking right. about how much they enjoyed the being picked towards the top and all this type of stuff right but he's actually has a more professional role in this. So I thought, okay, well, they're actually not going to, they're not making him such a scumbag in this. And then we see him with, you know, fooling him around with his assistant. We see him doing yeah. all this type of stuff. And like, no. Not letting, not letting Nate break, I mean, uh, apologize to Ted. To Ted. Kind of broke up. The, did, remind me, did Rupert wear so much black previously? Or was this? <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I would have I to go back either. and watch. Yeah. Boy, he looks like a villain in all that black. And I'm sure they're doing that on purpose. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. yeah gotta I, be. I, I gotta feel like be. they're doing it on purpose because he's. I don't think he's not been in some type of shade of black at any point this season. So. I know. I know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, it really feels like they're trying to make him like Darth Vader is what they're really trying to do. So. Uh, and like, or he's the emperor or something. He's trying to poison. Yeah, I don't know. He's it, the emperor. Yeah. 
uh, anyway, like I said, it's I, I, I just like I said, I thought that was a really interesting thing that they were doing with, with at the beginning, and but then when they when they actually show us again later on that he he's not changed, he's still very much the no, the the jerk horrible. and horrible person that he is. Uh, I do think it's interesting that the person who's kind of going who seems to be putting Ted on the right path isn't. It's not Coach Beer. It's not Roy. It's not Rebecca. It actually ends up being sassy because at the beginning of yeah. this episode, you know, we see everybody waking up, which is a really nice little montage here at the beginning of this thing. Uh, but you see everybody waking up, and Ted and Sassy have had had a night together the, the, from the previous night, and he wants to ask her out on a real date because you know that's a normal thing. He's trying to move on, yeah. but she says no, we can't go on a date because you're a mess, and he doesn't realize that he is a mess, and he has to kind of confront this, and I think it's a really a really good way that he goes about confronting this. Yeah, I agree. He, he needed to hear this and like realize it. Yeah, he and did. That he and I, and I feel like as the episode went on, he kind of addressed some of his messiness. Oh yeah, he did. He, he addressed some of it, uh, especially there at the end when he calls Michelle yeah. and talks about that. And we'll talk about that at the end. But uh, he, like I said, he, he goes. And he starts to address it because like as soon as he gets to work, he they have a Diamond Dogs meeting. It's our first yeah. real Diamond Dog meeting that we have in in the new season. Uh, and they talk about this, and you know, and also you know, he's not really addressing the fact that he doesn't want to seem to. I mean, he's got to address this, uh, the personal issues and the personal demons he has with his ex-wife and everything that's going on with them and his and their former marriage counselor. But he hasn't really addressed the fact that, you know, Nathan heard him. And, like, when he yeah. says that when, when they're doing the Diamond Dogs meeting, he says, you know, Nathan didn't really hurt me. Roy, even though he's not in the room, he's listening and he calls him <laughs> out for it. Uh, yeah. Because it's true. I mean, what Nathan did to him was hurtful. And, look, that right. has a little bit of a part in that just because of the fact that Nate kind of felt like he got – he was a little bit betrayed. Ignored. He was ignored. Yeah. yeah, that's a better word. He was more ignored. And so Ted has a little bit of a, of a part to play in that, but it's not to the extent, I mean, Nathan took took that too far is what he did. And, right. And yeah. it shouldn't have gone as far as it did. Uh, like I said, it's just a really good way that they got this thing set up. And you've got all this stuff going on. Uh, you've got Keely, who is well. We haven't even talked about her yet. Uh, she's yeah. got ang- she's got some anxiety because of the fact that she is getting ready to meet the person who financed her her company for the first time, uh, who is Jack. Who, <laughs> which was a great scene in which they bring her yeah. they bring her into the show with uh, basically <laughs> in a bathroom scene. What do you think about that? I thought it was hilarious, and I was excited to see Jody Balfour, who yes. we know from For All Mankind, uh, staying in the Apple family and yes. joining the show. Which makes me wonder if you know we've we've had some hints that a Keeley spinoff. Yeah, her joining it makes me think I could see her being a star with Keeley. That that's some star power. And Barbara has a nice career in Great yeah. Britain. She's on the Ghost Show. Uh, Katie Wicks, who's right. fantastic as Barbara. Uh, I could see them. And if you with the whatever's going on with Shandy, you, you're starting to see some seeds of of, uh, of a nice spinoff there because yeah. Jodie Balfour is very good. If you've watched For All Mankind, you know you know that she's a very good uh, actress. Yes, she is. Also, uh, 
this isn't really a spoiler, but uh, For All Mankind jumps 10 to 20 years right. every season. So her time on the show at some point, because she's end. got to be about 70 now. On, yeah. It's, yeah, it's going to come to the end. So I could see her being available for a spinoff. Yeah, I, when she showed up in this, I was I totally forgot she's not like 65 years old because that's about where she is. And, and For All Mankind, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, she's yeah. actually young. She's only 36. And, yeah. and they've, but she, they've aged her about 30 years in the future you know, on all For so, All Mankind. What did you think? Because uh, I thought, you know, she's, again, she's a very good actress, Jodie Balfour. She made a lot of, like, like she was taking everything in. Right. Do you think she's going to be a villain? Is she going to be a mentor for Keeley? I, I couldn't tell which one, you know, they left it over. They just, she showed a lot of expressions and, like I said, just taking everything in what Keeley was doing. I think... I think she's going to end up being a. I would. I'm not one. I don't know that mentor is the right word, but I think she's going to be really show her. I don't think she's going to be a villain. I, I didn't get that vibe from her. I, did, I really did yeah. not. Uh, I think she's going to really though try to point Keely and make try to make sure that Keely under I guess mentor is the right word but I don't know it just doesn't seem like yeah. a role, but it doesn't feel like it but it is yeah it will be a mentor because she I mean she's investing her money and I think she sees potential in Keely I think she will see that but she's got to make but Keely doesn't have the business sense to right. to run the business probably the way that she needs to be able to run so I could see her I could see them going down that type of relationship uh, just this type of mentor mentee type relationship but I don't know I guess I could see it either way though I mean if she doesn't if she doesn't like the way like Shandy is running the if she thinks Shandy has too much of a say so on what's going on I could see her going right. to Keely and saying we got you know this isn't going to work you've got people you you've got bad people associating with you so I I could see it either way but I kind of feel like hey, Go ahead. I was going to say, let's talk about Shandy next. All right, let's let's okay, let's go ahead and do that real quick. Let's take a break and then we'll talk about Shandy next. All right, so Shandy, she hasn't been she's been a, she's been a benefit to Keely up until this point. She's kind of mm -hmm. given her some good advice. She's done some things, but then here towards the end of this episode, Shandy does something with banter and she like basically changes it to kind of like this hookup side or let's let's always be marketing. And that's a problem. You can tell that Jack wasn't just... I wasn't sure if she didn't like the fact that that's the, what they were like pointing banter towards or if she, she didn't like the fact that Keeley kind of didn't have her under control. I would think... I thought it was more if she didn't have her under control. She doesn't know what her people are doing. Right. That's, There's that's not kind a of clear plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because that made me... I, 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 I keep talking about this, but this is the seeds of either Shandy is going to get in line and, you know, start right. working on herself or Shandy's going to end up at West Ham as their PR person. Yeah. I could, It's going one of two ways. I kind of feel like she's going to end up at West Ham, but I could be wrong about that. I kind of feel like that too. Yeah. I could see that too. I, I could very easily see her going over and to West Ham. Also, I didn't really like this scene in reality. I think it's a completely fine scene, but you know, emotional Ryan doesn't like this. <laughs> There was a, a scene with Jamie T where they were checking out Jamie Tart, and Keeley had right. something for Jamie. Like he's got some growth. He's right. he's growing as a person. I was like, oh no, 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 right. no, no. <laughs> but then Shandy was kind of into him. Right. You know, she wanted to try to hook up with him. That also could lead to some bad blood for them. I just don't. I love what's going on with Roy and Jamie. I love the growth of Shabby Tart. Don't get him back with Keeley. Don't yeah. do it. Now, granted, this show has has 
they've hinted at stuff and it never happens like Ted and and uh and Rebecca, Rebecca in season right. two. But uh, you know, I, I just I don't want her I don't want them to get back together. Yeah, I don't want them to get back together either. I don't think it'd be good for either of them. Uh I do think I love what they're doing though with Jamie. I think you're right about that, but I don't think they're going to yeah. go down that road. I think, like I said, I'll be interested to see what they do with Shandy and how they incorporate that in, because it's like you said, there was this, there was that moment when they were doing those banter commercial, excuse me, or, or promotion or whatever it was that they were filming, when they were doing it, uh, you could, you know, you could tell that Keely saw something in Jamie that she hasn't seen in him yeah. before. But I don't know if that is something that she's wanting now to pursue or or what have you. And you got Shandy who just wants to kind of, you know, just hook up with him for a night. So, like I said, I'll be interested right. to see where, where they go with that as well. Uh, but I'm glad you mentioned Jamie and, and Roy because we get the first kind of seeds of that this in this episode. Like, that's the very first thing that we open with in, in <laughs> the episode. Uh, Roy's coming and knocking on his door at 4 a.m. in the morning. And Jamie is just like, it's 4 a.m., but it's 4 a.m. Uh, yeah. And Roy... And it's- and it's uh, it's cold on the bottom, but uh, cold on the top, cold and hot on, top. on the bottom. Yeah, and hot on the bottom. Uh, yeah, that was okay. That was a great scene. Uh, then, like very like five minutes later, you know, we got Jamie throwing up because he's been worked so hard by Roy. But one right. of the things I do like is you know Jamie is taking he's taking to it because mm-hmm. at the end of the episode when Roy comes knocking on his door at four a.m., Jamie's bol- bolting out the door. He's already dressed. He's got his little headlight on. Uh, yeah. So it's like I said. It's I, I really just love what Phil Dunster has done with this character. It, it has just been fantastic. Well, he also showed a little bit of uh, Jamie Tart from season one when he didn't pass to a wide open Zava that would have scored. True, he did. And yeah. I wonder, I wonder if that was like he was punishing himself because right. he's like, I shouldn't have done that. Because when he did it, he looked around like I shouldn't have done that. Right. Like he knew better. And I, I wonder if he's punishing himself and like, like you said, being ready for Roy. I, it is amazing the 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 growth from that character. Yes. I, I feel like we talked about every episode, but we got to man. Yeah. And it's really good. And like you said, shout out Phil Dunster, man. The incredible acting. Again, I'm I'm digging the hair. I can't believe I'm saying <laughs> this. I, I complain so much about it. It's uh, they've done something to it. It looks better. Yeah, they have. You know. Well, I mean, I love some Jamie Torrent, man. The reason we have to talk about it is because, I mean, because Phil Dunster has done such a good job of, yeah, of selling it, and that's just what that's what makes it work so well is because it, it's you, you have to talk about it because in a lesser performance, it's not that compelling. It's not yeah. that compelling of a of a character art just because it's not sold very well, and that's what Phil Dunster's and, done. And, Phil Dunster has a very punchable face. Well, yeah, that helps too. <laughs> he has a very yeah, punchable looking so, face. But like he, but you know, he he has the acting chops to go with that face. Yes, he does. So, uh, so let's go ahead and talk about the soccer part of this. So, yeah. the soccer part of this, that there's been a lot more soccer in this, which makes kind of makes sense because this is obviously the season where the, they're going to be going for bigger goals in terms of the actual soccer on the field. Uh, the team ends up, you know, they make a good point of at the beginning of this thing, you know, at, and this is kind of the way soccer works sometimes. It's, I guess it's the way all sports work, but especially in soccer, you can be dominating the game on the field and still end up in a bad spot just because, you know, you make one mistake in soccer and you're down one nothing, two nothing all, all of a sudden. And that's oh, yeah, a, football, that's, football's the yeah, same fo- way. Man. Football's you the same way. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of the way it was in the first half for against 
West Ham and Richmond. Richmond was controlling. They were controlling the ball. They they basically dominated play for the entire first half. But they make a mistake. Uh, they go down one nothing. Nathan does his. You know he. he Pulls out some strategy tricks, uh, and they end up taking a two nothing lead going into going into the halftime. Now, this is where I thought it was some important stuff that takes place because the fact that none of these people were really dealing with their past it really hurts them here in the second half because you've got uh, Ted did not want to show the video of of Nathan tearing down the sign and ripping it up. He didn't want to show it to him because he didn't he thought that would it, that would lead to what it ended up leading to. Yeah. Uh, but you've got Roy you got Roy and Coach Beard who are so focused on that and they feel like that could be something they're they're not willing to let that go. So they so they want to they want to show it to him, but they've got they come to this point. This is where Rebecca not dealing with her issues hurts the team as well because she wants so badly to beat <laughs> she wants so badly to beat Rupert that she goes to the team at the halftime and it's the owner being where she doesn't need to be. She needs to let the coach right. do their thing. And because she wants to see Ted, and she wants to try to tell him, you know, I believe in you, which sounds more like a threat than more than anything else. It was, it was so scary. It really was. And especially her, have fun. Yeah. So <laughs> she's trying to like, she's trying to, she, she really is upset about the fact that, that they're losing at this point and she can't yeah. let go of that. So she's Ted's got to go deal with that, and that leaves the coaches by themselves to, to have to try to figure out something to tell the team. So they show the video, and this is what ends up just kind of derailing the entire second half for them because they come out, they start, they're literally assaulting people on the yeah. field. Uh, you know, I, I love, I love when they walk out. They walk out to that song "Joker and the Thief" that yes. you, you hear a lot in sports, and uh, they're all looking at him. And I just love. Coach Beard was obviously a defensive coach right. in, uh, in football because yes. he's just screaming, kill! kill. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, it was when they came out staring like that. I mean, obviously Nathan noticed it as well. That, that kind of fired me up. Yeah, Nate, Nate looked like he was he was off guard. It's like, uh oh. Yeah, well, like, what in the world did I do? Uh, but like I said, I didn't know what they were going to do with that. A lesser show would have said, made them like fired up. They would have come back. They would have won the game. Uh, yeah. And but this show takes the opposite, and they basically makes them play out of control. They're playing with so much anger that they can't focus. Like I said, now you said you you've talked to people who watch Premier League, and the, these types of games actually do happen. Uh, yeah, there are some situations. Uh, I thought they took it a little too far. Yeah, I, I thought it so. went on a little bit too much. Also, I don't feel like. I know you can't call a timeout, right? But like, I feel like Ted just stood there. Yeah. He didn't do anything. Even Zava, who has so much control over the team, I feel like he would have screamed at the guys or done something. Right. I, I just thought that was kind of odd. Yeah, I know it was a weird way to handle it. Like I said, it is difficult on a soccer coach because you can't call a team over. You can't pull them aside and say, yeah. "Hey, we got to we got to put all that behind us." Uh, like I said, it's it's a weird way to handle the entire when you have a situation like this. So I don't really know what the best plan is for a coach. You just kind of have to let it play out at that point. But yeah. somebody at some point should have done something to try to get the team under control. And this is again, I think you know, with Ted, like I said, I don't know how much he could have done just because of the way soccer works. But 
he could have at least said something. And all they're all they're yeah, doing at that point, he seemed checked out. Yeah, he seemed checked out, and that was kind of the issue. And I think he honestly was because one of the first things that he does when he gets back to his office, when they get back, or when he gets back home, actually, I think it was, was where it was. He calls his ex-wife and starts to deal with some of those things yeah. that he was dealing with. But yeah, uh, but yeah, the, the the soccer stuff kind of like I said. I do think they kind of miss the mark on on the sports related stuff on on, on this show some of the yeah. times, but that's not really what this show is about. Even though it is a show about a soccer coach, it's not really all that much about soccer. So I can I can right, let that, right. I can let that pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think there was just too many reds, but you know, it happens. Yeah, uh, they, it is. It, and I agree with Ted too. You know, who would have known? Like. It may not have backfired. They may have right. fired them up and given them something. Like they tried something and it failed. Yeah, like, that's exactly what and, he tells and, the coaches. And, yeah, that's what I was, what I was saying. That's what you know. Who knows, man? In college football, that does stuff. That kind of stuff does yeah, work does. on players. Yeah, it, it so. does. Mm-hmm. And it works. And it probably works better in, in in football because it is supposed to be a violent game. I mean, so the, right, you right. can use that aggression and stuff. You can use it appropriately on a football field whereas in soccer yeah it is a rough game and stuff but you can't literally go out and like tackle people so uh right, it's right. it's a it's a different it's just a completely different atmosphere and all this type of stuff so uh but i think the important stuff that we get there at the end it's like you, we talked about this earlier rebecca when she sees what when she sees, because she is so obsessed with trying to beat Rupert, she wants so badly to win, and you can tell she's disappointed in the fact that things are, and she's really mad at the fact that things are going so poorly oh, yeah. against against West Ham in this in this match. But it takes it takes getting it takes seeing what Rupert is doing to kind of wake her up and make her snap out of it. That you know. I'm, Ted was right. It's because you mentioned a second ago. Ted was right. I won already. I got rid of that guy. That guy's no longer in my life, and that's the real victory for me. So, like I said, I want to see how that's going to change her because I don't know yeah. that the team will be able to eventually. Because I mean, that's what that's been her motivation this entire season. Is that the reason she goes out and gets Zava is because she wants to. Get Rupert. I mean, her the her spiel to get Zava is all about you know poisoning the well against Rupert because she says you know you can go sign for West Ham yeah. and you'll win, but you'll never know if it was because of you or because it was just, you were on a great team or not. Uh, so let me, let me say, not enough Zava this episode. No, as well. not enough Zava. Zava was great in this episode again. So, uh, like I said, I really want to see what they do with how this how mm-hmm. her character. Response because it seemed like when she saw him messing around with his assistant, that yeah. kind of seemed to snap her out of it. Uh, right, and it seemed like honestly, a lot of people are kind of snapping out of stuff because I want to see because we get that we get that really emotional scene there at the end with Ted talking to his his ex wife and a very uncomfortable conversation because he calls up his ex wife and you know she assumes that he he wants to talk to their son, but he doesn't. He wants to talk to her because. You know, I'm not. I'm not divorced with. You know, if you got a kid in the middle of a divorce, you know, it's it's always difficult. Uh, I, I'm not like that. I know uh, you have been divorced, but you didn't have a kid involved in yeah, it. So yeah. neither of us can really speak on this. But it's a difficult thing. I just know. You know, if my wife and I were wherever reason were to get divorced, you know, trying to deal with the kids and all this type of stuff. Uh, and de- and her dating your marriage uh, counselor. Yeah, I know that would just be weird. So uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. 
he has to deal with the fact that he's not okay with the way that this went down. Right. Uh, he, the, she, he, and he says, you know, maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but he says it's wrong for me. To, it may be wrong for me to say this, but it's wrong for him to not say it either, uh, because he's got to let her. Because they do have a kid together, and they've got to they've got to deal with this. And you know, it's not right the fact that you know she started seeing this guy and brought this person into their child's life without discussing it with Ted and talking with Ted. I mean, ultimately. He can't stop her from doing it, but he should right. at least have be aware that she's going to be doing it and not get blindsided. Yeah. Well, and Michelle had a smile on her face, and I I don't think that's to get back to with Ted. I think that she was just happy he finally let some emotion out because right. you know we we found out and I, can't remember, I guess it was season one and two because I think he kind of hinted at this with Rebecca, and then he talked about this with the doctor with Doctor Sharon that like you know his wife had complained that he was, he just was so positive. He never really told how he was feeling. You know, he never talked about what was upsetting him or anything like that. He just kept that positive attitude and actually ended up being kind of toxic to their relationship. So he finally stepped up and talked about, you know, how he was feeling. And like, like I said, she had a smile on her face, like, well, good for him. Yeah. I think you're right. I think, I don't think it was because she was, you know, trying to, you know, start something back up with him. I think it has everything to do yeah. with, you know, this is what he needs to be doing. He's got to deal with this stuff in the appropriate way. You know, if he, he's not happy about the way yeah. this went down and she probably, and she knows, I mean, I'm not, I was about to say she probably knows. No, she knows that this wasn't handled the correct way. That's, I mean, if you look right. at the previous episode when he called and they were just really struggling with that phone call, she knows she didn't handle it the right way. She, she knows that. Right. And, She's glad to see that Ted's handling this in a much more productive manner, in a way that's much more healthier. And like I said, so I want to see what this is going to do for all these characters as they go forward, because it seems like I said, it's like I said, it seems like there was a a light that kind of goes off for all of them, and they kind of snap out of some some bad habits they've created in this season. So yeah. I'll be really so, looking forward to that. Let's talk. Let's make a guess. I don't feel like Ted ends this season as the coach i think he goes back to kansas i'm not even sure i'm i'm not even sure he makes it to episode seven or eight i think he'll get i think they'll i think i think they'll they'll end the season with i think the season will end with him either he either stays on or but i i could see him like leaving the team and going back home i could see that but i don't think it's going to be before yeah. i don't think it's going to be before okay. the, the season is over because if you do that be interesting. because if you do that i mean you that takes away like roy and all the people on the team because if he's not on the team anymore then well, no, Roy and Beard would take over. I know. I just, I don't know. I just, I just, I'm, I just get the vibes. He, he is just checked out altogether of this team. Yeah, it's like, but it's like I said, I don't. After this episode, I don't think that's the case. I think he dealt with some of the stuff that he needed to deal with. That's going to get him okay. back. That's going to get him back focused on on the team. Because if you take him off the, if you take him off the team at like episode seven or eight, then it's not Ted Lasso anymore. If then, right. So, yeah. like I said, he, he's got to be on there at least through the end of the season. So. All right. Uh, anything else we want to talk about, or do we already do our awards? Uh, let's mention real quickly. Colin uh, said something about how you know you can't have that guy. He's mine. Oh yeah. And Trent Krim looked up. He did. He, he kind of uh, glanced, so glanced he up. gave a look. So I I feel like at some point in the next episode or two, that's going to be addressed. I still I'm still leaning towards Trent Krim as is is a gay man himself, and he's going to try to help him. Yeah, I could see that happen. I, 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 we talked about that last week. I could see that happen as well. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, I, I hope. Yeah, so. I think that I think I think that's uh, I think that's it. 
So that's the awards. All right, then let's head off and let's do our awards real quick. All right, here on the Main Attraction Podcast, whenever we are covering a season of a television show, we'd like to give out three weekly awards. Our first award is our Tyrion Lannister, which is the MVP for the week. And I, I struggle with this week. I, I still don't even have, I have, I have a spot open. I haven't even figured out who I was going to go with. So who are you going with? I'm going with three people because I think three people own okay. this episode. I think Nick Muhammad is Nate. Yeah, he was really I good. Thought mm-hmm. he, I, it was extremely good. Sudeikis is Ted Lasso. Yeah. I thought this was one of his stronger episodes. And I think Hannah Waddingham, just a fantastic episode as Rebecca. Yeah. That scene with her and Rupert at the end, man, it was the chef's kiss, just the way she whispered. And how, like, she kind of likes Bex. Yeah, she does. She seems, she seems to like Bex, which is a little bit surprising. But yeah. it's, it's, like I said, just comes to show that she understands that this is not, you know, it's yeah. not her fault, and she realizes that it, this is all Rupert just being just yeah. an a-hole. So, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I'll go with those three. Like I said, I was leaning towards Nate kind of, uh, but yeah. I was also thinking possibly Hannah Waddingham as Rebecca. Uh, but I'll just go, go with you and go all three of them. Well, so I'm going to be honest. Nick Muhammad may be the best actor on the show, and that's saying something. He's really good. Yeah, he, he is really good. He has a lot of range. Uh, he yeah. shows a lot of things that I didn't expect to see from this character when we first met it. Uh, so, like I said, he is one of the better actors on the show, so I'm, I'm with you on that. The Agatha all along, the best scene of the week, what are you going with? I'm going with Ted and Michelle at the end. I thought yeah, that's, that's going to lead to something. At, at, you know, It's, it's going to have the most progress of something going on yeah. going forward. Because it seems like every epi- every season, Ted has these moments. He has these stretches where he is so just bothered and so consumed by by something mm-hmm. in his personal life and it takes something to snap him out of those uh, out of those positions and i feel like this was that moment for him where we really start to get you know the, the ted that we're used to in this in this show and i think that is the moment for him is this is that's going to be the thing that kind of snaps him back into reality and gets him back focused on his job and the things that he needs to do and honestly getting him out of being the mess that he is uh so i, right. I could see that being the case so uh, the If You Come With The King, You Best Not Miss, the best line of the week. What are you going with? Dude, there is a ton of lines. Yeah, there were a lot. So, <laughs> there were a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with one. I think it was by Chris Powell, the announcer. Richmond showed a side of themselves we've never seen before. They played angry, <laughs> this is the one dirty, and ugly, which are also the names <laughs> the of Zaga's youngest kids. That's the one I went with as well. <laughs> well yeah, there was, okay. Go ahead. I wrote several down. Let me. So Zava, this was my, Zava almost got it. Sitting out Van Dam was a mistake. He played with passion. Passion is a word we use to talk about love. It's also a use we, we a, a word we use to talk about a crime. And sometimes it's a fruit. Yes. And then Roy Kent's, well, F Nate, F thinking, and F Socrates. I don't know why that one is really. Uh, Ted had a great one. I'm a work in progress. Progress, yeah. I thought I thought that was. Uh, let me find. There was one more I wrote down. I there there were a lot this week. Uh, the pain is like carbon monoxide. Uh, carbon dioxide by uh, that speech by Coach Beard yeah. from the uh, what was it? The uh, oh man, codependence. Yes. Yeah, codependence. Bottom line, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I forgot the the last one. Pretend you were talking to an old friend. My oldest friend is Javier. <laughs> How long have you known Javier? 
only a couple of months, but he He's turns under- 108 <laughs> next yeah. week. Danny Rojas is great. Danny Rojas is fantastic. I love Danny, Danny Rojas. Rojas. Yeah, oh my God. I love Danny Rojas. He's just one of my favorite characters, and they give us they give a they give us just enough Danny Rojas every week to make me happy. So they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, there were a lot of good ones. Uh, in this show, you always have the option of going with funny, or if you have you want to go with touching yeah. and personal. Uh, so, like I said, the funny ones are the great. But yeah, I have I, it all, man. Uh, I love Progmas, man. I'll, that's going to be a shirt. What's that? Uh, I'm yeah, Progmas. 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 Yeah, yeah. that's going to be a shirt. So, all right, here on the Main Attraction Podcast, we do a we have a five tier rating system. At the top of our list is a Game of Thrones. At the beneath Game of Thrones is a Lost. Middle of the road for us is Friends. Beneath the Friends is a Full House. And bottom of the barrel for us is a Baywatch. Uh, we have both been at Game of Thrones for a little while on this. Are you staying there? Yeah, man. This is Game of Thrones. Yeah. This is this this is feeling how I felt about season one. I love the show. Yeah, it's it's it feels much more reminiscent to the season one than than the previous season did. So I'm hoping they keep. Yeah. I'm hoping they keep going on this same path forward. But it has been a lot of fun yeah. so far, and I'm enjoying the ride up until this point. All right, so before we head off, we are going to drop some things that we're looking forward to real quick. What do you have that you're looking forward to? I've got two. The first one is the HBO show Somebody Somewhere, which was really great last season. Season two comes out in like two weeks, April 24th. It was with the comedian Bridget Everett. She's a musician. It was almost in my top ten. It's really funny. It's about a, a... a woman that's like 50 that moves back okay. to her hometown in Kansas and has to deal with all the trauma from that. Okay. It's, it's, it's very funny. Uh, okay. It's season two comes out on uh, April 24th. And then also, I believe it's April 24th, the Citadel uh, yes. starring Richard Madden from game of Thrones looks great. We got the screeners for it. We'll be covering here at yes. some point. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it too. Yeah, uh, it should be a fun. We'll, we'll definitely be talking about it at least for a week or two. So we'll uh, just kind of see yeah. if we can go from there. But uh, so for me, things I'm looking forward to uh, the Star Wars celebration stuff that was happening in London. I'm uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, they announced three new movies. Uh, they announced a Dave Filoni like Mandoverse com- culmination movie. I don't know what all is going to take place with that. I don't know. What all characters, if we're talking Mando, Ahsoka, I, I, I don't know how all they're going to work all that in, but we'll we'll see. Uh, looking forward to that. They announced a new movie that will have Daisy Ridley coming back to portray Ray again. Uh, trying Uh-oh. to start up. Oh, hey, I'll, look, I thought she was fine. She was fine. She's yeah. good. Uh, yeah. I'll be interested in how they look. I hope they kind of redeem that because I don't think she got a fair shake. Yeah. I really she don't. She did not get a fair shake. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that because she's supposed to be now. She's going to be the ones trying to start restart the Jedi Order. So I'll see if uh, I'll be interested to see what they do with that. I'm guessing that if you're doing that, you probably have to have at least more than one movie in in planned. I would think if you're going to yeah. go down that road. But uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to that because, like I said, I do believe she got kind of uh, a raw deal out of that because all the problems that any of those films had weren't her fault. Uh, so uh, I'm not, like I said, I thought she was, I thought she was well, they, good. They, they did her Oscar Isaac and um, what's the other guy's name? The, the young black guy. Uh, uh, Boyega. Like, yeah. They, they did them wrong. John Boyega, man. Like they were like, uh, look like they were going to be passing the torch to them and season in, in, in the first episode. Right. And then like, they 
sort of did. They sort of did. Not yeah. Boyega and Oscar Isaac. They were barely in the the, the, the second and third movie. Yeah, they were barely in those two. So, uh, like I said, I'm, I think that's going to be a fun one. Uh, they also announced a third movie. I can't remember what the third movie. What the premise of the third movie is? Uh, they announced the Acolyte. More well, they gave us more information about the Acolyte. It's a series, uh, and it was described as Frozen meets. Uh, Kill Bill. So, like I said, that sounds interesting. <laughs> okay, that does sound interesting. <laughs> it sounds interesting. I'm like, all right, I'm, but uh, it's got. I'm listening. It's got the guy from uh, Squid Games, uh, the who is the lead actor. Oh, yeah, in it. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah he's gonna he's be, really good. Yeah, he's gonna be playing like a Jedi Master in that. So, uh, so that that should be. I'll, I'll be really interested to see that. It takes place. Like I really a, liked him. I'm yeah, I too. Yeah, I, I had his name up, but I don't have it up anymore. But it it should be fun. Uh, so, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll like that. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a fun time. Uh, they Lee also, Jung Jae. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I couldn't. I wasn't exactly sure how. To he's really, it. really good. He's very charismatic. I, yeah. he's a perfect person for this. Yeah, it's going to be take place like a hundred years before the events of the prequels, so they're going a bit further back in time than they have previously. So, uh, the other thing that I'm looking forward to is there's a couple of shows on Apple TV Plus that are coming up. Uh, one is coming out this weekend, I think. Uh, the last thing he told me on Apple TV uh, with Jennifer Garner is going to be in that. Oh, yeah. I yeah, think that was a book. Yeah, I think that's this weekend. I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. It uh, looks so good. It, it looks good. The other is, I haven't, I've seen some, uh, some like, promotional tweets about it, but I haven't seen anything on uh, Apple itself. Uh, they are making a show on the novel, well, I guess they're novels, uh, on the books called About the Silo. I don't know if you've ever read any books on the Silo. It's a dystopian. No. Uh, it's a dystopian. It's dystopian books. I've read the first one. I've not read any of the ones after it, but it is a really good book. I really am looking forward to this. Uh, like I said, they Apple does so much stuff like Ted Lasso. They do Shrinking. They do all these types of shows really, really well. They don't do a whole right. lot of sci-fi stuff. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing. They've they've got a few things out there. Don't get me wrong because I, I'm I oh, watch. This has a this has a good cast uh rebecca ferguson ian mm-hmm. glenn from uh game of thrones yeah tim robbins tim robbins is in it so like i said the the story is really good it's a really it's it's the first book is kind of like a, a a bunch of different small stories a bunch of different short stories so i'll be really interested to see how they they handle that entire premise but i loved that first book and i'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with this show so that'll be fun uh, I guess that wraps us up for this week. Anything else you want to add? Appreciate everyone joining us, and we will talk to you next time. I would echo those same sentiments. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true. <laughs>